Good morning and welcome to Chronicles of a Contagion. Today we have a special guest who is um, coming to us from Lake Country, is that correct? Yeah, so I'm from Elkhorn, Wisconsin, and I grew up in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Mm, that's beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the area around you? What is that? Isn't that a county that you're focused on right now or that you're, you're in, uh, Wisconsin County? Yeah, uh, I'm in Walworth County, which is a southeastern county in Wisconsin. So I'm about half hour, 45 minutes from the Illinois border. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lake Geneva has a lake that actually goes through, I believe, four or five different cities in Walworth County. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big lake. It's a big tourist attraction. So in the normal summer, mm-hmm. it's very busy. So there's like a downtown with little shops and eateries mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Oh, how cool. Um, my niece, I think I told you this, my niece was supposed to be getting married in uh, July uh, at, in Lake Geneva, probably right near neck of the woods. I don't know what's going to happen with that. <sighs> so, but yeah, I yeah. bet you'll notice a very different pace. Um, speaking of Walworth County, uh, I know that you are doing your project for the digital archive on that area. So will you tell us just a little bit about that project and what you're discovering as far as the changes in your area? Sure. So I chose to do my project on how businesses within Walworth County have adapted to obviously the pandemic that we're going through. Um, I wanted to do it within Walworth County because my aunt and uncle own a restaurant in Elkhorn, which is like Mm -hmm. a old fashioned like drive in type deal. Oh, cool. Um, so I had a unique experience that I was related to someone in the food industry and I know they're being hit really hard right now. Mm-hmm. And I also work as a pharmacy technician at Walgreens in Lake Geneva. So I have a unique perspective in that I'm somewhat working in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my boyfriend, his mom owns a hair salon. So that was a unique experience. My mom is a title processor mm-hmm. at a local um, title company. Mm-hmm. So seeing how they're like closing houses is much different now than how they normally proceed with closings. So it's just interesting to see how people have adjusted. Um, it seems like every day we wake up and there's something new that's about the virus or how we should, you know, be handling things, whether it's PPE, mm-hmm. the six feet apart thing, um, stuff like that. So it's just unique to see how different businesses have adapted to this unknown time. Right. You had shared with me earlier in this, um, earlier in this uh, stay at home period about your own job and the changes that were rapidly happening at Walgreens. Can you uh, share that a little bit? Sure. So Shortly after we got the news about being home for spring break, I knew, well, being home for spring break and then um, online classes till like March 13th or April 13th, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I believe at the end of spring break, we found out that we would be home online for the rest of the semester. Um, Knowing that I'd be home, I knew I'd be working a little bit more because if I can make money, you know, I'm a college student, I might as well. (laughs) 
Um, so I knew I'd be working more and I knew obviously it would look a little bit different. So I started working at Walgreens in January mm-hmm. because I'm actually a pharmaceutical science major. I'm starting grad school at Concordia in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to gain experience before diving into graduate school. So that's mainly why I started working there. Yeah. And what a time, <laughs> what timing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so on a daily basis, we fill prescriptions, sell prescriptions, talk with health facilities, you know, about the prescriptions being prescribed, um, stuff like that. And you just go about your normal day normally, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't ever have to wear masks. Most of us are wearing masks um, just because we are so, um, like, within the public. Mm-hmm. We're so involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the technician's daughter-in-law's moms made us homemade masks. And so mm-hmm. a few of the pharmacists and some of us technicians have been doing that. We're not required to wear masks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Walgreens is also closed the store so I'm, I work at a 24-hour store oh. not all Walgreens are 24 hours right um and so the store itself is closed from 9 p.m to 9 a.m now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they shortened their hours but the pharmacy is open 24 hours through drive-through still mm-hmm. and through drive-through people are now able to get their obviously their prescriptions like normal but also we're allowed to sell Sudafed Mm -hmm. Uh, products which are not over some are not over the counter higher strength yeah um through drive-through they have to sign this form and then basically we sell it write their name put emergency above it and then we're able to sell it to them that way Mm -hmm. and they're also able to get like crucial groceries so they can either call ahead with their like grocery list Mm -hmm. and someone from the floor will collect it and we'll call them when it's ready or they'll come through drive through tell us it, and, you know, we'll collect their phone number and call them when it's all set. So that has been a huge mm-hmm. thing. drive through has been significantly busier sure. since this pandemic starts. Um, on an average day, the drive through line is wrapped around the building. Wow. So it's kind of a continuous thing until maybe, you know, eight or so at night, it starts to fizzle out a little bit, you know, as people start to, like, be at home for the night. Um, so we've definitely increased business filling wise. We fill, so on an average day, we fill 700 to 800 prescriptions. Mm -hmm. And I want to say March 17th, Mm -hmm. we hit an all time record of prescriptions sold that day. And I want to say it was 1176 or something that day we had sold, um, And that was the record from 2016, I believe, was the mm-hmm. last time we had records that high. Wow. So. Would, do you think it's just everyone stocking up? Because I remember that was what people said, get your prescriptions, you know, filled for a couple months in advance. And Yeah. Yeah, definitely for sure. Some people were really worried about, you know, will my prescriptions be on back order, out of mm-hmm. stock? things like that. So some people definitely did get really frantic and like filled everything for three months, um, which helped some people, but then in the long run, it kind of was a disadvantage to some people because Mm -hmm. some now, some medications now are on, you know, 
back order and people are having to be transferred to different medications because we're not sure when they'll be back. Oh, wow. Um, and stuff like that. Um, at one point, people that like have asthma and stuff just in general were mm-hmm. getting prescriptions for their inhalers. And at one point, out of like the six brands of inhalers we had, we had two inhalers. Wow. Um, and the rest were on back order. And now hmm. we've started to build our supply a little bit again, which is good. Um, but it's definitely unique in mm-hmm. that people are very frantic about everything, um, which I've seen has shifted people to either being very kind and grateful for our mm-hmm. service or like, I think the stress of it all has just kind of gotten to them and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that brings out the worst in people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believe that. And I have seen different reactions of people, even when I've been in my very limited time in stores, people are either very gracious and over overly kind and accommodating or a bit evil. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get that, those sanitizing wipes and I, oh, for I sure. don't care what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. We're normal. We've been out of face masks and oh, sure. sanitizer for like the last month. Yeah. And yeah. we've get we've gotten toilet paper off and on, but it normally mm-hmm. it goes the day we get it. So still. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the whole toilet paper yeah. fad. I don't really get it, but I don't really get it either. <laughs> that is a recurring theme in this podcast. What's going on at the toilet paper? Yeah. <laughs> I might rename it. <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper, what gives? <laughs> yeah. And then Walgreens itself is also like done some new protocols. So there's now tape on the floor by mm-hmm. all the registers, keeping mm-hmm. people six feet apart. Um Specifically back in the pharmacy, there's three checkouts. So Mm -hmm. they've told us to try to avoid checking out at the middle one to keep that six feet distance between patients when they're buying their prescriptions. Um, Chairs in front of the pharmacy, there used to be five. There's now three so that they're a little bit more spaced out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those are like the main ones. Do you feel like people, and I mean both your coworkers and also people in the store are being conscious of the uh of the social distancing um within the store I can't really speak much of because once I'm in the pharmacy I'm kind of locked in there yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're we're pretty busy so I don't get a chance to leave often um Mm -hmm. but from seeing like the line for the pharmacy people are really for the most part respectful of the lines you know staying Mm -hmm. at the lines keeping that distance um some people will like stand back from the register a bit to like, you know, give space between mm-hmm. myself and them um, kind of as a, I'm sure a respect thing for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll just, you know, come to the pin pad when they need to insert their card and whatnot. Um, right. But I think within the store, people are pretty cautious. I've seen a lot more people wearing masks probably within like the last week and a half mm-hmm. as um, customers so I'd say for the most part, people are really respectful. Um, you know, we're all kind of in this together to some degree. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we all don't really know what's happening. We're all scared. And yeah. so we just kind of have to do what's best for us, but also yeah. everybody else. Yeah, that's an interesting balance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I see that tension between, yes, I want to care for myself, so I need all the toilet paper, but I also need to care for others, so I shouldn't take all the toilet paper. Yeah. You know, it's that. What does this make you think about for your future as a, uh, in, in pharmaceuticals? What, has it impacted that at all? I mean, what an interesting study on, uh, you know, on, I mean, I'm even thinking about the work towards anecdotes, towards vaccines, towards, you know, it's just a really interesting time in the world of <laughs> pharmacy and drugs. Uh, how has that impacted your thinking or motivated you or challenged you? Um, I think it's definitely shown me that I still want to pursue pharmacy. It's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to be able to be a part of people's um, healthcare plan mm -hmm. and, you know, keep them healthy without being their primary doctor. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think working at Walgreens has showed me, you know, that I do have an impact on people's health and, you know, their well-being. And I really like being a part of that aspect of their life. I definitely think, you know, in the next four years when I'm graduated and I start my career, I think it will look a lot different than it would mm -hmm. have three months ago. Um, I definitely think that this whole pandemic will leave the world with some adjustments, kind of like 9-11 did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I look at it and I wonder, you know, are people going to keep social distancing a thing after mm -hmm. this whole pandemic is over just as a precautionary thing right. is, you know, PPE going to become a greater prominent thing between everyday people. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking with one of the pharmacists and, you know, we just talk about what we think the next few months are going to look like for our pharmacy and, you know, pharmacy mm -hmm. itself. And uh, the one said that he thinks this is going to be like, you know, kind of like an H1N1 thing. It's kind of going to be a prevalent issue in society until there's a vaccine for it and 60% right. of the population can be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this is going to be a prevalent thing even after, you know, the stay-at-home order is uplifted. I think yeah. there's still going to be a lot of steps we have to go through before mm -hmm. society will be back to what we call the normal. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, <clears throat> in what ways has your life personally changed since the outbreak? I mean, your job, obviously, but what other ways? I know you've been spending a lot of time at home. Yeah. So when <laughs> I'm not working, I'm at home and I have, I'm the oldest of four children. So there's me, I'm 19, almost 20. And mm -hmm. then I have a 17-year-old sister and twin brother and sister that are 11. Um, so we are all schooling at home. Mm -hmm. And it is a little unique in that, you know, my twin brother and sister are doing their homework online. And then Kyler, my 17-year-old sister, mm -hmm. and I are just, you know, kind of going at it at the same time. So that's a bit odd. We also have almost a one-year-old puppy. His birthday's next week. <laughs> um, and so he's an Australian shepherd and he's a herder. Mm -hmm. So he is very rambunctious. <laughs> and so that's been hard to, you know, do schoolwork and try to oh, like sure. not be my sibling's mom, you know, figure. 
be their older sister, but yet I am the oldest at home and, you know, got to keep right. the ship because both my parents are considered essential workers. Um, mm-hmm. So both my parents leave for work every day. And then also I haven't seen my boyfriend in like six weeks. That stinks. Um, just because. Where, where does he live? So he lives about 20 minutes um, west of me. So mm-hmm. he lives in a small town called Darianne. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very small town, like outside of Delvin. So basically it's like Elkhorn where I live, Delvin's the next town over, and then Darianne's mm-hmm. between Delvin and another town. So we live about 20 minutes apart. Um, so it's really weird because I think I've seen him four times since I've been home in the last month. Yeah. And I'm not an hour and 15 minutes away from home. Mm-hmm. And I'm 20 minutes and I'm still seeing him less than I would have if I was at school. So he's got to go through the drive through. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just this weird adjustment um, yeah. of keeping your relationship, you know, through FaceTime, phone calls, mm-hmm. Snapchat, stuff like that. So it's definitely been hard. I definitely miss him. I know he misses me. So that's been a really big adjustment mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The relationships, uh, again, all my uh, close people. Well, my family, most of them are down in central Illinois. So yes, I've been, you know, just trying to FaceTime Marco Polo, you know, those mm-hmm. things. Um, and some of my cousins that live up here, we've done, you know, virtual happy hours and, um, things to connect, but it's still, it, it, it's still a bit hollow. I mean, I'm very grateful for it. I'm very grateful for that kind of technology that, uh, but uh, it's also hard yeah. to keep a conversation going when all you do is mm-hmm. work and come home and <laughs> do the same mm-hmm. thing every day. You know, there's <laughs> oh, I know. there's really nothing exciting happening right now. <laughs> no. But no. besides the I mean, pandemic. And I yeah, think by right. the time, yeah. you know, you're on the phone with other people, it's the last thing you want to talk about since it's all you exactly. see on the news and social right. media. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like all anybody, nobody wants to talk about, but it's all anyone can talk about because it's so huge. It it impacts everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you on that. Um, can you note any, uh, moments or experiences that you've had, uh, in this whole time that have just really surprised you? I, you know, part of what goes on here is it's been so gradual and that every day something changes. So all, but all of a sudden you're looking around like, wait a minute, what is happening here? Um, have there been any standout moments that, that have just really surprised you? Um, I think some of the things that have really surprised me are like that I'm grateful for out of all of this. I've been trying to find the positives out of this, obviously, cause it's not ideal for anyone. Um, mm-hmm is I'm just really grateful that I do get this time with my siblings and mm-hmm. my parents and stuff. Cause I, mm-hmm. at school, I normally wouldn't have this right. much time with them and being the oldest with kind of an age gap between us, you know, sometimes there is that mm-hmm. disconnect when I'm not home. So I'm really grateful that I get this opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think another thing is being in the healthcare field, you know, seeing other people within healthcare stick with our jobs, even when, you know, us ourselves are nervous. I think it speaks yeah. a lot to the healthcare professions, um, mm-hmm. as well as our patients. I think there's been a lot of gratitude from a bunch of, <clears throat> a bunch of our patients. I had 
that's that's ha- that makes me happy. I had a lady come through a drive through the other day, um, and she goes, "Does that mask hurt your ears?" And I said, "You know, after a few hours, yeah, it does." But you know, I'm trying my best to not necessarily do it for me as much, but for the people yeah, that are immunosuppressant, right. like my grandparents and right. you know other people that don't have control over you know as mm-hmm. much of getting it. Um, and she's like, you know, I know this guy and he's making clips out from mm-hmm. like his 3D printer for masks right. that like are ear savers kind of. She goes, I'm going to come mm-hmm. back tomorrow. Are you working? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll be here till 630. And she actually came back the next day oh, and she so brought sweet. me one and I wasn't working mm-hmm. at drive through. And um, the girl that was working at drive through was talking with her because I was with another patient at the time. And the lady actually took the one off of her mask and gave it to the other coworker of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, you know, how sweet of this lady to wait an hour yes. in the drive through line to get no prescription to pick nothing up in the store just to give us these, you know, ear saver clips. And she that's took amazing. the one off of hers to give to somebody else. Yeah. And I mean, really this lady cool. is definitely in the immunosuppressant range. She was an older woman, um, you know, probably mm-hmm. around my grandparents' age. And so, mm-hmm. you know, at risking herself more by giving away yeah. hers. And I just, to me, it was so heartwarming. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. Thank you for sharing that. Those are the kinds of stories that that make this podcast so special to me. And I think probably to the two people that listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh I want you to talk just a little bit about your biggest hope and your biggest fear right now. You know, they may be the flip side of the same coin or not. You know, what are you, what are you hoping for and what scares you? Um, I think what I'm hoping for is that maybe as a society, we will appreciate the smaller things in life. Um, like the time mm-hmm. with our families, not taking our you know jobs for granted as the unemployment mm-hmm. has reached almost the Great Depression range. Oh, yeah. um, just the little things, you know, getting to go out to eat, getting to just go for yes. a walk with your family. Um, you know, my, my grandma yeah. texted me last week and was like, look, we have to social distance, but do you and your siblings want to come on a walk with me and we'll walk six feet apart? That way, you know, I can hear about your lives and whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was oh. really special. Um, yeah. I think what I'm fearful about is that this will turn into a bigger political issue Mm -hmm. than, I mean, it's already kind of because it's a political year, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not very political myself, so I guess that's why I'm fearful that it will turn into Mm -hmm. another thing that politicians will use Mm -hmm. when being elected um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of using that pathos, I guess, um, yeah. when they're running, you know, for future references, I think this is, like right. I said earlier, I think this is going to be a very prevalent issue for probably at least the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love your use of pathos <laughs> there. You get some extra credit for that. <laughs> Okay, we've got time for one more question. Um, 
in the future, uh, when we return to whatever those lives are, normal lives, whatever that looks like, um, what is a message that you'd like to give to your future self? Something that you want to make sure you remember from this time? That's a deep question. <laughs> oh, it's so deep. Um, <laughs> I think my message to myself would be to take advantage of the, the little things, you know, the, yeah. the family dinners when, you know, you're working six days a week and all you're home for is one meal. Take advantage of that, you know, 20 minutes you get with your family to hear mm-hmm. how their day was, to get mm-hmm. to have holidays together. Yeah. So just yeah. all those little things that I think a lot of us took advantage for. Um, I'm going to celebrate a birthday mm-hmm. while we're at the stay-at-home order. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be a whole different thing that I've never experienced that most people have never experienced, you know, having to stay home. Right. Um, Easter was very weird, not having family dinner. Agreed. So I think it's just, you know, valuing those little moments that each of us take for mm-hmm. granted every day because tomorrow, you know, brings the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Well, I really thank you for your time today. This, uh, again, as, as usual, has really been an, up, an uplifting moment for me. Um, and just to share in your experience and know, uh, know that there's another, another fellow traveler going through similar things. And I do appreciate, and I think I speak for everyone, for the work that you're doing uh, in your essential job. And uh, yeah. So, um, and also the amazing work that you're doing for the archive itself. So you rock (laughs) and, um, I hope you have a really good weekend. Thank you to relax a little bit. Okay. I'm going to try you too. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your stories with us and, um, keep up the good fight there, keep up the faith and, uh, hopefully we will be, um, colleagues again (laughs) And at at the actual university in the fall. (laughs) But until then, we'll do the best we can. Thank you for this project. I think. All right, lady. Oh, I really enjoyed it selfishly. (laughs) Me too. Thanks. All right. Have a great day. Welcome to the podcast Chronicles of a Contagion, a collection of stories capturing the individual experiences of people as they navigate life during the COVID-19 global pandemic. I'm Stephanie Gaudet, an associate professor at Concordia University, Wisconsin, and a believer in the incredible power of stories to shape the worlds that we live in. If you have a story you'd like to add to this archive, please contact me at stephanie.gaudet at gmail.com, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E dot G-U-E, D-E-T at gmail.com.